0: We have an amazing history. It's gonna make you feel a part of what's going on. You'll understand a little bit more about yourself and how we're gonna walk together as we walk with Jesus.
1: Welcome to the Antioch New England podcast. I'm Nikki Benoit and I'm joined by Mark Buckner, Antioch New England overseer and Antioch Brighton lead pastor. On this podcast we're bringing you into conversation that will give you more context a flavor of who we are and where we're going. We're so glad you're with us. All right well good morning Mark. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing well. Good. I'm glad Um, to hear it. It's a a lovely day and i am getting a chance to be with some friends we
1: love that so today we're talking about our relational values part of this series talking about the things that we believe in are committed to and specifically we're talking about courageous generosity mm-hmm. what is courageous generosity talk to us a little bit about it
0: well this is a, a core value for us here at antioch and it, it represents part of what we see in God's character, what we see lived out in the life of Jesus. He presented a new way to relate to money.
1: Mm.
0: And he said in Matthew 6, 24, that we can't have two masters. You can't serve both God and money. This generosity, this brave generosity, affects our relationships with each other. It's a, a picture of what was happening in the first church, the New Testament church in Acts 2 and Acts 4, that they shared their stuff. They had different boundaries on their perception of ownership and and how they interacted with each other with their possessions. It's what Paul talked about in Romans uh, chapter 12. He said, share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality. And that hospitality is an openness in our lives. It's it's um, uh, sharing what we have, but also sharing our space, bringing people into our homes. And this truth cuts against so many things in our culture. And I also believe really reveals that we're followers of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So that's That's courageous generosity.
1: I love that. And I think um, I see our little tagline here says, excelling in the joy of giving. So Mm -hmm. when you think of someone excelling in the joy of giving, who comes to mind, Mark? Who do we have in the room with us today?
0: We have Alyssa Tachi in the room with us today. And um, Alyssa grew up in Western Mass. She moved moved to Boston, go to college, came to the big city.
1: She's a New Englander. (laughs) Yeah,
0: she is. And... She married a New England. She married Tim, and they've got a couple of wonderful boys, and she leads our house churches. She's the leader of Antioch-Roxbury, and they moved in that area five years ago Yep, and began to live life, love their neighbors, and it has grown. There's people there that are following Jesus together now and uh, increasing progression of kingdom activity of salvation Healing, deliverance, sacrificial living, uh, a wholeness is what's starting to happen with the people that they're living life with there. So good morning, Alyssa.
1: Good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, Alyssa, when we were thinking about um, having different pastors come and talk about our values, there were some options you had to choose from, but you specifically said, I want courageous generosity. I think you were the first to reply to the email. You were like, dibs. Uh, so why the the passion around courageous generosity? What have you seen this to look like?
2: Makes me feel a little bit proud. Maybe I need to repent. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, as I was thinking about this, uh, I get really excited about it. I think I responded quickly because it's been this value that we've just seen emerge in our group, um, in our house churches, but it's something that has been uh, ingrained in both Tim and I. Our parents are extremely generous, and that was really much of our upbringing um, was just receiving and, yeah, being raised by generous people. Um, and even early in my walk with the Lord, I can just remember learning this principle, being a part of Antioch and and learning this principle and um being being blessed by people giving generously to me, but also um, being blessed as I was able to to give and, and bless people in that way. And so it's something that's been even before I knew what God was doing, something that God's put in me. But again, more recently we've just I've been blown away by the way that our people are Already, you know, and a year in carrying this value in our church.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's beautiful. I I love the stories that I hear from you on occasion, mm-hmm. and that's part of what we're trying to do during this time: is make these truths come alive. Mm-hmm. This is not just a concept that we have; it is it is um, it's who we are, and we kind of look back over time. We didn't start out 20 years ago with all these values written down. It was something that was there, and and we talked about it, and we prioritized it, and we clarified it so that we could know how to transfer this to other people. We want people to to walk with us, and this is our values don't include every truth that is in the Bible. Uh, we believe everything in God's word, but it we've emphasized some things because we really see these as core. So um, can you give some examples of what this looks like in your community in, in Roxbury?
2: Yeah. I'm going to paint a more broad picture, and then I'll give some more specifics. Great. But we, when we started meeting, and um, a lot of us were still attending in Brighton, and we're kind of meeting once a month, um, the Lord just kind of prompted someone in our group to take an offering in our group. and. Um, and then see if there was a need. And so uh, people gave generously, and then we had this money and we were like, what do we do with it, Lord? And um, God spoke and we just gave 100% of that money and that had just become how what we did every month when we would when we would meet. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that we have more of a formal tie than a budget, we still give 50% of, of our what comes into our church. Mm-hmm budget back to our community. And so that's been a cool way for us to just continue to, to keep this value at, at the forefront. Um, but there's been some really, I mean, we've had um, a couple of women in our community, uh, young women in, whose moms have died in the past mm. four months, two of them. Um, and so we've been able to pay for a lot of funeral arrangements and just yeah. be able to so give, cool. give generously financially in that way, which has been a huge blessing. Um and another, another way that we've seen this value, um, there's an organization in, in Boston called Love Thy Neighbor, and uh, it's a way that the body of Christ can serve our city during this COVID pandemic, 2021 now. Um, and basically, I don't know all the details, Mark, I know you know about this program too, but there's, um, if you are tested positive, you can opt into this system, which connects with the churches and basically they get a no- notification and it says um, this family of how many has COVID and mm-hmm. you, uh, they connect you with someone. And so we got connected, Mark, I think you connected some of us and just able to go and buy groceries for a family wow. and drop them off. And, and so that's, that's just been, a, we've had multiple individuals in our community just opt into that that's program and being able to love our city um, in that, in that super practical way of just mm-hmm. like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm gonna go and serve and love my neighbor that I that I don't even really know, um, and be you know the hands and feet of Jesus, and 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 uh, courageously give you know. And my, we had someone, uh, a single man who had a family of five and three of the kids, they were teenagers. And he was like, I don't even know. <laughs> That's a lot of food. <laughs> That's a lot of groceries. you got to buy two weeks of groceries. And wow. so it was a, a bunch of people just got around him and we did it as a, as a you know, one of our house churches and we we're able to kind of get groceries and then drop them off, leave a note. Um, people asked about ch- our church and things like that. And so it's a really fun way to, to, to really sacrificially give.
0: Mm. I love that. I love that. And it's, it's not some distant thing like giving to this organization out there, writing a check.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We do that. We're involved in uh, contributing to things uh, on a larger scale. But if it's not connected to our lives, mm-hmm. it um, there's there's something that's lost mm-hmm. in that process. Mm-hmm. It, it gets it's too distant. But this is face to face relational giving mm-hmm. and serving. That's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love that,
1: Mark. And and I think you're starting to tap into something, but Alyssa, what have you seen to be some of the biggest obstacles for people to enter into courageous generosity or to even think like, hey, I, I could do that? Yeah, it's good. I
2: love this question. Um, I think one of the first things when people think about uh, the word generosity is it, it is they just connect it with money, and so that's a hot topic, Um, (laughs) and I think as believers, as as you read any of the Gospels, you see Jesus talks about money and finances a lot. It's, it's, I think, one of the most talked about topics, you know, Um, and so, yes, it is connected with money, but if we only think about generosity being connected with money, that's super limiting, and Mm. it also, if you... If you don't have a lot of money, if you have debt, I mean, that's just it feels like a, a very constricting thing that you um, can't access. You ca- can't be generous because I have need, you know, mm-hmm. is something. And so I think that's the the first thing. Um, I think that generosity is is giving your time. It's mm-hmm. giving committed prayer or just committed mm-hmm. Uh, whatever you can give spiritually to people. It's practical giving, you know, it's serving people. And so I think having a, a limited pers- a limited view of what generosity is, if you only are thinking about money, then I think that's a huge roadblock. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that the other word we, we partner with this is courageous, right? And courage is not generalized. Um, mm-hmm. It's unique. And so a step of courage for me is going to look different than a step of courage from my brother mm. or sister based on their need and based on their gifts and what they have to offer. And so I think comparison, right, is, a, is an, another roadblock of, oh, I can't give in that way. So I can't be generous. Um, um, yeah. And I also think that it's needs based. There's another roadblock. If you can't give, or be generous if people aren't admitting their needs, right? And that's also a huge roadblock, even in the church. Like, we don't want to be needy. Other people have needs, and we want to meet needs. But to be a, a true community that that is courageously generous, you have to admit your needs so that you can receive um, from brothers and sisters. And then the last one, sorry, I've been thinking about this a lot, um, is trust. Like, I think that there's lack of trust sometimes in God that he's a He's a provider and that He's Good and if we have lack, he's going to provide through through whatever means necessary because he's God, and so I think sometimes people either again don't aren't able to receive or um, are slow to give generously because they're not sure what's going to happen with them, like is God going to take care of me if I sacrifice and so I think trust is another roadblock for for courageous generosity
0: you, you had an example where uh You took a tithe, you took an offering, Mm -hmm. and then shared that. And you you talked about this whole thing of, Mm. it's not just about giving, but it's receiving. Mm -hmm. Explain that story and then kind of how that's played out.
2: Yeah. So I mentioned how kind of we started this offering, but as the months went on... um, we just reframed our offering time as offering and receiving. And that's, you know, what we would call it. And we kind of started to address some of these things like, hey, we all have something to offer. Like every one of us has something to bring to the table. And and so creating that culture and then also breaking down the walls of needs. Like, hey, you might not have a financial need, but there might be another need that you have that someone in this group can can meet um, because of Jesus. You know, like mm-hmm. God's going to use us. And so um, that's been really cool to see people ask for prayer more vulnerably about themselves, you know, because um, I think it's easy to be like, oh, pray for my sister. Um, <laughs> but be, be like, I really need prayer or I need prayer um, This past actually, I shared this. This past Sunday at church, we were taught we did offering and receiving, and I was just saying, I really need time by myself. (laughs) Like I'm just realizing that this is a need that I have. I'm admitting it. I'm asking for an accountability, and I'm also need some people to help me make this happen. Like my husband, yes, you you know, but like. And, you know, people in the body are, are helping to take my kids to the park and just make, make those things happen, meet really practical needs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to admit my need, right? And so that's the offering and the receiving part of. So sometimes it's financial, but sometimes it's prayer. Sometimes it's practical. Um, and that's just become kind of the, the culture of, of offering and receiving in, in our community.
0: It's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that.
1: I love that. And even just the word culture, because I think about it goes so against uh, the world's culture, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The world would tell you so opposite. And so where have you seen some of those rubs, you know, like the culture you're trying to establish with courageous generosity and and what the culture of the world tells us? Yeah, that's really good. You know, I I was thinking about
2: we've done this thing. We did it with our team before we started – like officially meeting as a church but we call it Roxbury make it or bake it <laughs> and it's basically our addition of a secret santa or a christmas gift exchange but the rules are you can't buy anything Whoa. so you can't you can't spend money it's it's it, and and it, it's really hard because it rubs against our culture, especially around Christmas or like gift giving. Or the like, non-bakers. Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> but it's, it's, it makes you tap into your gift and your own creativity and like what. And so it really is an offering. You're really creating an offering to somebody and a, as a way to bless them. And but it but it's really hard because especially for me, I'm like, I'm an Amazon Prime like Gold star, whatever <laughs> member like it, I would love to go and buy and order you something and ship it to your house and, and and bless you in that way, but it really makes it's really really makes you tap into like okay, what am I good at? what can I create you know and so i 've made a video before i 've made you know something like i 've crafted and painted something that someone can put on their desk like so this is the third or fourth year we 've done this um and our our house church, one of our house churches did it as a group this year. And everyone kind of had the, similar, the same experience, like, wow, it's so easy to go and buy something or even go and buy a package of cookies if you're, you know, but to really like put love into it and time mm. and energy, that, that, that's not what our culture does. We're like a very easy, do it quickly culture. And that's not sacrificial, right? That's not courageous generosity. It's not radical. Um, and it just takes more time and a lot more intentionality.
0: But, you know when you slow things down it it makes it a relationship yeah mm-hmm. and and it makes a it priority yeah because you're you're making choices that uh, of limiting yourself and mm-hmm. how you're how you're spending your time and who you're spending it on mm-hmm. so i i uh, I think it's that's a great picture of how this value permeates in in unique ways down into how you guys are living life yeah here's a a question for you if you didn't do this if the church didn't do this if you didn't have these values of courageous generosity what would happen
2: Hmm. yeah it's really good it's good too is this um I acknowledge that our little house church network is is pretty unique, but I think this question especially helps me to think through the church, the local church, our all of our Antioch churches, all of the churches in the area. You know, the the global church, and and um, I was thinking about this earlier too. That when you walk into an organization, um, or a community, or a church that doesn't value this, I feel like you can really feel it. Mm. <laughs> Um, and a lot of, a lot of communities do, or even businesses like they'll, at the end of the fiscal year, they've got this extra chunk of money that they're going to give. Right. And so giving is very cool. It's very acceptable. It's very a thing in our culture, which is, which is amazing. But I think the, the thing that we're talking about is courageous generosity is really a radical sacrificial giving, right? Um, mm. And so when you walk into an organization, you can kind of feel, like, I was thinking the opposite of courageous generosity is, like, stingy selfishness. <laughs> like, it's like a holding on to something, like, being really concerned about what you have and what you need, and, like, maybe giving out of an overflow, but also wanting to make sure every everything's and you are all set, right? And so when I think about the church, like, all churches, if they didn't do this, I think I have this nightmare <laughs> of of Jesus coming back and we have a full bank account. Ooh. Right? Like we we kept held on to all of this stuff and meanwhile our uh, the orphans and the widows and our neighbors have need mm-hmm. and and practical need, spiritual need, emotional need, you know, and so the, the church failed at that. So that that is like worst case scenario in my head where I'm thinking, wow, if we're just thinking about what we really need in protecting Ourselves and not courageously giving, then there is a there is a huge fail on the report card of the church when Jesus comes back, and so that is a, a huge fear of mine. <laughs> um, and so, and I think again, I think a lot of a lot of our a lot of churches are are generous um, and they give, but again, I think when we pair that courageous word on it, that really takes us to the next level of challenge of what does it really look like to, to sacrificially live? Right, I think about. Um, the woman who anoints Jesus' feet at, at Bethany, right, and pours out her bottle of perfume. And the, mm. and the people around her are saying, what? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. What is she doing? And and Jesus is just acknowledging that that is like the ultimate sacrifice. She has given all. She has left nothing. She's come, you know, inhib- uninhibited, unhibit- unhi- sorry, <laughs> like and just poured it all out at the yeah. feet of Jesus. And that's, I think, what courageous generosity looks like.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. so
1: good uh I love this. And I feel like everyone listening is like, yes, we want to do this. But in a vacuum on paper, it's easy to say yes to these values. But you've experienced it, Alyssa, that to say yes to these values, you have to say no to some things, that there's a cost and there's a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure there's lots (laughs) that you could really think of and go into. But what are those high level, just big things that come to mind of when the rubber meets the road, this is what it actually looks like? Yeah, that's really good. Um. Again, these are our
2: relational values. So these are about relationships. And I think that um, we have to be super intentional about our relationships. Mm-hmm. And so even when you say we have to say no to some things, like if, if all of your relationships are with the church, with people in the church, then it's really hard to be able to bless people and courageously give outside mm-hmm. of the church. And mm-hmm. so sometimes you have to say no to investing in some deep relationships, or having so many, mm-hmm. and and say yes to something else, to really know what what people's needs are, and to be able to to lay your life down for them, mm-hmm. right? Um, the other thing that that comes to mind, and I I heard, I think. John Clark, I'm going to drop a name here. Um, when you think about giving, um, and again, I think I mentioned the roadblock before of like comparison or just whatever fears. I think he, he John Clark, always says, "What is the next step of obedience that I can do for Amen. to give?" Right, and I think that that's something that we've talked about too in our church, and and I think that is a great perspective is, what is God, what is the next step of obedience for me to live in courageous generosity and just in obeying and taking the next step and the next step and the next step? And the Lord is is faithful to grow us in that. And also, God knows what people need even when we don't. And so our job is just to obey. And so if we don't know all the practical needs or the ins and outs of everyone's life around us, like God does. And we can trust that. And so if we're just open to hearing and taking the next step of obedience, like, that's where you'll see growth mm-hmm. in that area.
1: John Clark, our Antioch, New England business director, very mm-hmm. wise man mm-hmm. and passionate about using resources to build the kingdom mm-hmm. of God. So good, Alyssa. Mm-hmm. Uh, we
0: well, we'll give you one last shot here. here we go. Mm-hmm. So how would you like to challenge our Antioch, New England churches in this area? What, what do you want to throw down and say, let's do this?
1: Woo! Listen well, an enneagram eight. Everybody, podcast. if you know what that means, it's going to be a whole other podcast episode. Challenge, <laughs> <The> challenger. <laughs> you know,
2: I, I I really do think that last comment that I made is is from the Lord for us, and I, I thought I thought about it multiple times in preparing for this, but it really is what it's individually. What is the next step of obedience for me in 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 laying my life down and giving to somebody? It's as a life group. What does it look like for us to obey the next step? It's as a larger church community, you know? And so I think that it's the levels of that and asking those questions and obeying and sharing the testimony of what God's doing, right? I think that that's also how you create a culture of this is you're constantly talking about it because God's gonna show up. He Amen. is showing up, and he is faithful in this, and that's also how there's growth. And so I would just say, and personally, in your family, in your house, in your life group, and all these levels of community that you're in, asking together, Jesus, what's the next step of obedience for us to risk and to give generously? And what does that look like?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, you inspire me, Alyssa. Mm-hmm. love you guys so much. And seriously, this when I hear stories, it makes me want to extend myself more. Amen. It makes me want to... Th- Say, look at my life. Think, what the heck am I doing? You know, let let's get out there and and give. Mm-hmm. So we're we're just grateful, and we bless the people that you're walking with, yes. and uh, and are praying for you guys for mm-hmm. that prosperity to come to you because I know it's going to be given away yeah. with wisdom and discernment. Amen. So we bless you.
1: Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, thanks, Mark. Thanks, Alyssa, so much for joining us. And we hope that you all feel uh, further equipped, inspired, and challenged. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for listening to the A&E Podcast. We hope it was helpful to you, and we encourage you to share it with someone else you think could benefit or may enjoy. Subscribing to this podcast will also keep you in the loop for future episodes as they're released. We hope you'll join us again soon.